Welcome to Ew That's Creepy podcast. This week, the twins are discussing their favorite Ed and Lorraine Warren cases. Melissa is going to start by telling Jackie about the life of William Ramsey, aka the South End Werewolf. Without the intervention of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who knows what violence would have ensued. Please be aware that this episode will discuss assault. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ew, That's Creepy. It's a new week, and it's a new theme, and Jackie and I are so hype to do this theme. It's going to be a paranormal one, and we love that paranormal creepy stuff. You know we do, and you know what? They just put um, Annabelle Creation on Netflix. Oh, really? Yeah, they did. It was, tra- it was like in the top ten. Oh, I didn't see that. Which... In my personal opinion, Annabelle Creation is the best and the scariest movie in the entire Conjuring universe. Wait, is it the second one? Yeah, it's the second one where they're in that weird abandoned farm. And yes! You- yes. Oh my god, that movie is so creepy. Yeah, that one scares the hell out of me. So, what are your guys' favorite? What do you think is the best in The Conjuring? Yeah, let us know. So, our theme today, Jackie and I wanted to just each pick a case that's been covered by Ed and Lorraine Warren. So, that's what we did. Because Jackie and I really grew up watching a show, A Haunting. That was the first show where Jackie and I were ever introduced to anything paranormal. And that show has a lot of episodes in the beginning where Ed and Lorraine Warren had to come in. They were on it all the time. Yeah, they basically just came and fixed people's lives. Literally, just cleaned up the mess, the paranormal mess. Yeah, so Jackie and I have loved the Warrens since we were seriously 10 before the Conjuring universe was even a thing. So I'm, this is like special for us. Yeah. My case that I wanted to cover, it definitely is one that has been covered before. I personally didn't know about it, but there are, you know, it has been covered, but it's just wild. So the one that I'm going to tell Jackie about today is the South End Werewolf. I have not heard of this. I know. It's popular in the paranormal encrypted community, but I agree. I had never heard of this ever. But you know what is crazy? Now, I just had a light bulb go off in the... Oh, shit. You haven't seen that Annabelle movie. In the third Annabelle movie, Annabelle Comes Home, There, the movie is set in the Warrens' house when the Warrens go out of town. And basically, there's a part in the end where everything in the Warren Museum, like, basically comes to life and can attack people. And one of the things that attacks someone is the South End Werewolf. And I did not realize that until right now when I'm speaking it out loud. Well, I'll have to watch that movie now after this. And I said to Cam, I was like, why the hell was there a werewolf in it? But now I understand. (laughs) So a lot of my information is from an article by The Mysterious Universe. So I will link it below. Um... And I will just say, guys, this is nothing about Mysterious Universe because they're reporting on the case that was told. But out of all of the Warren cases I've ever heard, this one is definitely the most miraculous and unbelievable, obviously. Hmm. So our story starts with, I'm sorry, I'm just giggling already because this just truly goes zero to a hundred. 
It starts with a child named William Ramsey, Bill for short, living in Southend, England, and it really takes place in 1952 when Bill was nine years old. So Bill, he was a normal, happy, playful child. He loved to go outside, and he was one of those kids that would go outside and think of a scenario and just play it out all day. And on this day in question, in the morning, he had seen a film about pilots in World War II. So he was out playing in the yard, like, pretending he was a pilot and flying around. So cute. Love that. (laughs) Very cute. But all of a sudden, Bill got a really strange feeling that overtook him. He felt a cold chill go down his spine, and soon he felt that he was shaking uncontrollably. And Bill also said later in life that there was a really strange smell that started to develop outside. And he could compare it to a sewer. It was really odorous and not just, not just like a smell that comes in the wind. He said that it was like the entire area smelled so bad he started to feel sick. Ew. As the smell started to disappear and the shaking started to go away, Bill said he just went back to playing his games, but... For some reason, after this, he didn't want to play anymore, and even though he was nine, he felt really angry and annoyed and on edge. And Bill also said at this time he felt the strange calling to run to the sea, and he felt very animalistic. Wow. (laughs) Truly zero to a hundred, truly playing pilot to all of a sudden you're a werewolf. Literally, your whole life has changed. So seeing a noticeable change in his behavior, Bill's mother came outside and yelled to him kind of, you know, what's wrong? And for some reason, Bill became so enraged by his mother yelling out to him that he let out this growl and she just heard it and it sounded like an animal. Next thing she knows, Bill tears out a nearby fence post completely out of the ground, including the wire fencing and concrete mooring. He's nine. (laughs) Oh my God. And not only that, he continues to swing the fence post around in anger as if it was a weapon. He's nine. I'm going to continue saying that just so you guys know. Apparently, Bill's parents were so frightened by this out-of-character behavior that they ran inside the house and hid for a couple minutes and just stood out there and watched <laughs> their child just, like, go rage, Literally rage. <laughs> So they're watching if he started to tear apart the wire fencing with his hands, and I guess he even tried to gnaw on the wood. Ooh! Which is actually really terrifying. Bill's dad finally went out and was like, okay, I'm just going to try and calm him down. Let me just take the fence post away from him real quick. But Bill continued to growl and snarl and was just acting like a complete animal, like there was no human in him. So his dad just went back inside, and the Ramsey parents stood inside and just waited for Bill to end this tantrum, basically. So after raging for a bit longer, Bill finally (laughs) calmed down, and, you know, he calmed down, and so he told his parents he felt better. And when they came outside, he was all tore up. He had cuts and scrapes everywhere from the fence post. And his parents were just in shock. They couldn't believe what had happened. It seemed not even human and just like that was not their son who would do something like that. Yeah, I'd agree. At an awkward dinner that night, the Ramsey parents told Bill, let's just forget about what happened and we'll just not bring it up. Basically, let's just act like that little outburst never (laughs) happened. 
And we'll just go back to living. But... We'll just put the fence back together. Yeah, tell no one. Uh, get the gnaw marks taken off. But Bill's mother later recounted that she basically knew after this that something about him was different. She couldn't pinpoint it, but just something about Bill was not the same. So after that strange incident, life did go back to normal for the Ramsey family and for Bill. He grew up normally after that and settled into being a young man without incidents of violence or outbursts like that. He settled into an adulthood. He met a woman and they got married. He had three children. And by all accounts, he was great with his family. He was an excellent dad. However, Bill, of course, girl, you know, the has to, there's always something (laughs) always is Bill did notice that after he got married, he would start to have really strange dreams where he would wake up panting and then it turned to growling. And that really started to frighten his family. Obviously, (laughs) he also started to have a reoccurring dream that he would be chasing his wife and he would chase her down and she would turn around and scream when she saw him. Basically, she was just terrified of him and he would keep having this dream that he was chasing after her. Probably because he looked like a werewolf. Yeah. That was around 1967. But besides the dreams, nothing really else was happening. So Bill just put it behind him and just kept on living But by the 1980s is when things really start to get bad for Bill. In 1983, Bill had gone out drinking with a group of friends and everything was fine and normal when all of a sudden he's at the pub and he felt a strange sensation come over him and he knew immediately it was that strange sensation he felt that day as a child when he ripped the fence post out. Oh, that's so creepy. I know. Now, just take the whole episode at this point with a grain of salt, because Bill decided to go to the restroom after feeling a cold chill, and when he looked into the mirror, he said that he actually saw the form of a wolf staring back at him. Others at the bar obviously did not see Bill in wolf form, but he (laughs) said that when he looked in the mirror, he could see it. Obviously, Bill was very shaken up, and he just asked one of his friends if they could take him home, but... On the obviously the car ride didn't go well. <laughs> Bill suddenly became incredibly angry to where he couldn't even control himself, and so he had another friend in the car, and the friend tried to hold him down, and Bill tried to bite into the friend's leg. Ew, that would be so scary. I know. The driver of the car had to pull over, and it took all of the men inside the car to subdue Bill and hold him down to where he would calm down. Oof. When Bill had finally came back to his senses, he told his friends he actually didn't remember anything about the incident. And basically, the last thing he remembered was being at the pub. So, that was at the beginning of 1983. And then around Christmas, things were just continuing to get worse. And around Christmas, Bill began to feel a piercing pain in his chest that started to become so intense it was incapacitating. And at one point, Bill decided that he needed to go to the hospital because he was really afraid he was starting to have a heart attack. It's the werewolf trying to get loose. Right? Bill goes to the hospital. The nurses put him on a gurney so he can be examined. And of course, nothing good happens. Bill starts to feel the the, the chill. 
the cold chill go down his spine that he typically felt. And he kind of knew, like, a werewolf outburst is occurring. (laughs) I'm about to go ape. I'm about to go Hulk. Yeah. And so Bill is lying down on the gurney, just becoming increasingly pissy. A nurse came over to examine him, and when she bent over to look at Bill, he reportedly let out a growling sound and lashed out at her, baring his teeth. Oh, God. Horrifying. Bill actually bit into the nurse's arm. Ew. Before getting himself out of the bed and tossing around the room's furniture. Oh, my God. He then proceeded to hide in the corner of the room and pace around, similar to when you put an animal in a cage that's really upset. And even though they were at the hospital, the police were actually called to help subdue Bill because he had so much strength that the doctors and nurses were like, no, this is a police job. With the help of police, doctors, and nurses, all of them were finally able to get Bill under control after using tranquilizers to sedate him. He's literally like a wild horse. I was going to say, he's basically a wild animal. A horse that needs to be broken. (laughs) Nurses and policemen who later discussed the incident claimed that Bill seemed completely animalistic and that his eyes were black and cold. The doctors wanted to transfer Bill to a nearby mental hospital since it seemed that the outbursts were more mental because they ran physical tests and nothing was wrong with Bill. But They're like, he is human. <laughs> we can confirm he is man. <laughs> but Bill did not want to go to the mental hospital because, again, he doesn't have a recollection of these outbursts. So I think he's kind of just like, okay, it's not that bad. <laughs> so the psychiatrist you know, doctors are strongly recommending him to stay at a mental hospital and at least undergo psychological testing. But since Bill voluntarily brought himself to the hospital, they could not force him to stay. And he decided that he wanted to go home. He was completely exhausted by everything. And he did just go home. So that whole situation at the hospital happened in December of 1983. And by 1984, like, Two weeks later, less than a month after the hospital encounter, Bill was on his way to visit his mother, driving in his car. I'm sure you can guess where this is going. He started to feel the typical symptoms of an outburst coming on, and Bill this time decided to just drive himself straight to the hospital. (laughs) That's not funny, but at least he knows that he's about to go wolf. Yeah, he's like, shit, I'm really about to go wolf. Bill goes to the hospital, and a nurse tells him that he'll need to wait for a moment, and of course, that just sets him off. He's like, (laughs) no, I cannot wait. He became so enraged that he pounced on the nurse like an animal and threw her to the floor. Another staff worker tried to help, and Bill also threw that staff worker to the floor, and even tried to choke them and bite at them. Oh, that's so creepy. I know. The staff called the police who came to assist with retaining Bill. Four officers showed up to the hospital and they circle around Bill like actually a wild animal. <laughs> like about to lasso him and pull him in the handcuffs. <laughs> All of the officers were too scared to approach Bill. So I would just, be too. Yeah. So one finally builds up the courage and he tries to tackle Bill. But Bill fights back and apparently injured the officer so bad he was in the hospital for days after. And the rest just watch in fear. Literally. It took all four of the policemen to tackle Bill and hold him down so they could finally put handcuffs on him. 
So the officers after this reported that Bill was so abnormally strong that they genuinely thought he could break the handcuffs off and they were scared even when he was in cuffs. Bill was removed from the hospital and put into the back of a police car where he calmed down and told officers that, again, he didn't remember the outburst. They questioned him for a bit, but he continued to repeat that he could not remember the previous outburst and he didn't mean to hurt anyone or do the things that they were saying he did. Similar to before, police were like, okay, can you like go to a mental hospital and get looked at? Can you get a test? But Bill said no and left on his own accord. And I'm not sure why they're not arresting Bill because at this point... I was going to say, that's basically assault. I mean... It is literally... He has assaulted multiple police and multiple nurses and multiple staff. But I don't know if it's... I don't know if, like, because it was England in the 80s, I think they're more patient. I think that they just didn't really... They're scared. (laughs) Maybe. So, from 1983 till 1987... He was good. Nothing happened, and people were kind of like, okay, maybe just a weird point in his life. But no. Now it's July of 1987. Like I said, three years have passed, and Bill is just going on with his life. No more outbursts in that time. So on July 22nd of 1987, Bill went to a local pub with some friends. The night was pretty typical. He went out and he had a great time catching up with his friends. And by the end of the night, Bill was a little bit tipsy. Now, the Mysterious Universe article said that Bill knew he was too drunk to drive, but he decided anyway. And he was just going to drive down back roads and quiet streets. Sir, I know it is in the 80s, but you cannot drive him drunk. Yeah, that's... And this is when shit just really gets, like, it, it makes no sense. And it's kind of like, I feel like these incidents keep occurring when he's driving. So that's not the safest Yeah, you had route. an incident already. One at the pub, two driving. So you're going to decide to go to the pub and then drive home. <laughs> and it gets even worse because Bill is all lit. He's driving home and he sees a sex worker walking down the street. I'm not sure how he knew it was a sex worker, but I guess he just saw this person walking in the night and assumed they were a sex worker and he decided he was going to make a citizen's arrest okay sir what why mr werewolf what (laughs) but bill he acts like he's a customer and he invites the sex worker into his car so it's like okay were you making a citizen's arrest or were you actually just about to try and get business yeah the woman gets into his car and immediately she said that she got a strange feeling from bill so She asked Bill if he could just pull over and let her out of the car. She didn't really want to continue with what they had planned. When she asked Bill this, he started to let out a low guttural growl. And the sex worker was so frightened that she actually jumped from the car before he had even stopped it. And when she jumped, they were like driving by a police station. So I think she just was so frightened that she saw her chance and she took it. Bill stopped the freaking car and jumps out after her. And this part is just so crazy. A police officer was walking out of the station when this happened. So he obviously saw what was going on. And he kind of just was like, whoa, you know, what's going on here? And apparently this officer was large and a sturdy man. And Bill 
tackles the police officer to the ground and just immediately begins choking him. Other officers inside the station heard the commotion and ran outside where they could hear Bill shouting, the devil is in me. I am going to kill you. Oh my God. It apparently took six officers to pull Bill off of the one officer on the ground. And, you know, after, of course, Bill is like, I don't remember anything. And the sex worker later expressed that she believed Bill was using the citizen's arrest story as an excuse. And she was so horrified that she thought that Bill was werewolf when he picked her up and that he was going to just attack her. And that was why he picked her up. So she did not buy this story of him being a werewolf. She kind of honestly thought he was a murderer who was trying to kill her. I would too. After the assault of the sex worker and multiple police officers, Bill finally decided to stay at a mental hospital for an evaluation, thankfully. The hospital did x-rays and MRIs, all of their typical evaluation things. So... 10 days of Bill getting tested and studied, and they still came back that there were no mental or psychological issues that could cause these outbursts. What the heck? After this conclusion, the hospital told Bill that since they couldn't find any other illnesses, basically he could leave. There was no reason for them to keep him. And, you know, to Bill's point, there was no reason for him to stay. Unsurprisingly, things didn't get any freaking better when he left. The attack on the police officer and the behavior was so strange that it actually made the news, and now everyone in town is talking and gossiping, and they even nicknamed Bill Ramsey the South End Werewolf because of the town South End, England. Bill continued to have these violent outbursts, and it seemed like after that attack in 1987, they were a lot more frequent. And Bill even started going to the police when he felt symptoms, and I think they would just lock him up for the time being. Actually, Just, like, put him in a cage for the night? Basically. They need to just make a cage for him, and they he can just go into it like a bad dog, and they just lock the cage. Yeah. So, finally, after all of this is making the media and everything, you know who gets a call? The Warrens. Yes, they do. Ed and Lorraine Warren were contacted to see if they could help the Ramsey family. They were obviously a little skeptical at first because at this point, I think that they were starting to get some hoaxes and a South End werewolf seemed very much like it could be a hoax. But there were so many eyewitnesses and a lot of the witnesses were police, hospital staff, nurses, and people who didn't have a reason to lie and people who had to report this for their job. Credible people. Exactly. The, The creds. So the Warrens talked to all of those people, and they also talked to Bill and his wife, Nina, and they confirmed everything that the police had said. So after they talked to basically everyone who had been in contact with Bill when he went woof, they believed the story. So the Warrens did believe that he was experiencing an animalistic demon that was basically possessing him at certain points. So they asked Bill to come from South England or sorry, South End, England, to America, where they lived in Connecticut, and they would perform an exorcism by Bishop Robert McKenna. And as you guys know, Robert McKenna did a ton of exorcisms for the Warrens. So this is very much like in the Conjuring universe. We have all the major players. (laughs) The icons. Yep. 
The main character energy is high. After a lot of convincing, Bill finally was like, okay, I will go to America and undergo this damn exorcism. Apparently a few days before the exorcism, some articles say literally the night before that apparently Bill tried to choke his wife Nina in her sleep and was in this really violent trance. I don't know how she was able to stop him, but she did. And then obviously the next day he said he didn't remember it. But this was something that I think kind of cemented Bill's decision into getting help that you literally just tried to kill your wife last night. (laughs) A few days later, thankfully, Bill and Nina are in the United States. They show up to the exorcism. So it's Ed and Lorraine, along with Bishop Robert McKenna and paranormal investigator John Zathis. And if you guys know, again, John Zaffis is on a haunting a lot. He is basically, I think he actually was Ed Warren's paranormal apprentice. So John Zaffis is amazing. And I've actually heard rumors that they might do spinoffs with John Zaffis's character. Um, Ooh, yeah, they should. Yeah, he's in a haunting a ton. So he also was there. So they basically have all of the most powerful, powerful people in this community to do this exorcism. They're squatted up. And there were policemen because they needed to restrain Bill's crazy ass. (laughs) So, um, there were also reporters from the People magazine because I think that they wanted to document this happening. You know, it went from England to America. It's a whole story. It's going viral. (laughs) Yeah. So during the exorcism, it starts off and with most exorcisms, nothing significant is happening at first and people that are kind of getting suspicious of Bill, like, were you actually making this all up? However, Bishop McKenna presses his cross onto Bill's forehead and demands that the demon come forth and reveal his name. And finally, Bill starts to act differently. He begins to snarl. He turns into that animalistic man that had had these outbursts, and he started to move his hands as if they were claws, lashing out at the bishop and baring his teeth. And there are pictures of this that were taken where you can see Bill restrained and kind of like trying to lash out with his arms. It is pretty scary. He doesn't look human. Bishop McKenna stayed strong through and continued to repeat Bible verses in Latin and demand that the demon leave Bill. This seemed to infuriate the demon even more, and Bill started thrashing and lashing out, trying to get at Bishop McKenna. But Bishop McKenna stayed strong again, continued his prayers, and finally Bill let out this long roar and fell to the ground. Bill finally felt the violent rage that had taken over his body at age nine leave him, and everyone you know, confirmed that the exorcism worked and Bill was now back to himself. So following the exorcism, the reporters had recorded and taken photos, which were made public. I'll link those below. And Ed and Lorraine Warren wrote an entire book about the events titled Werewolf, A True Story of Demonic Possession. Everyone who was present at the time of the exorcism and during Bill's outburst have always confirmed that this was real. It was not a hoax. And, you know, they know because they were there that this wasn't acting. Some doctors and skeptics now believe that the mental illness could be the cause of violent outbursts. Apparently, there's a mental illness called 
lycanthropy in which a person believes that they can transform into an animal. So I wonder if this was ever considered because now obviously in 2022 people look back and think maybe it could have been. You know, Ed and Lorraine Warren and the Ramsey family still claim that they don't think it was an illness, but it does kind of think, could it have been? I don't know. Yeah, you never know. If it was an illness, then why did the exorcism Yeah, make it, it stop. I agree. I don't know. But either way, it is confirmed that they did the exorcism. It worked. And after that, Bill went back to England and, you know, tried to just live his life under the radar and um, not in the public eye anymore. That is crazy. Like, you just go back to normal now? After being a werewolf from age nine. <laughs> Literally. How do you live? You don't, like... It's just so weird, too, that they would just happen. It would be for a month straight. It'd be numerous outbursts, and then four years would pass without one. Yeah, it's like, what was triggering them when they did happen? I don't know. And, you know, maybe maybe that's my own ignorance. I should have probably bought the Warren's book and read it. I couldn't find that they gave an explanation for that, but I'm sure they do in the book. So if you guys have read their book, definitely let me know if you guys know of any kind of reasons why this was happening, let me know. But that is the South End Werewolf, guys. Wow, that is crazy. I like that one a lot. Ed and Lorraine, they can do exorcisms, they can do cryptids. They can do it all. Literally, they deal with animals and humans. Power couple sent from God himself. (laughs) Love that for them. (laughs) Rest their souls. Love them both. R.I.P. That was a good story. Thank you. I can't wait to hear yours. Let us know. Like I said, if you guys read their book, definitely let me know. And let us know your favorite case done by the Warrens. And if you want us to touch on any that, you know, aren't movies yet. And let us know your favorite Conjuring movie. Yeah, definitely. I will. I'll argue with anyone about the Conjuring. (laughs) I love those movies. but too. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode. I hope you guys liked, you know, our paranormal episode. Who doesn't love the Warrens? Exactly. And we hope you guys are staying warm and safe this winter. Let us know if you want stickers on Instagram. You know the drill with that. We still have stickers, so come hit us up. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at Ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.